the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another episode of Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. This is a tough one today, but one that people should hear. A parent's worst nightmare is to have their child die. To bury your kid has to be the most painful thing imaginable. I certainly know it from family experience and friends. And today you're going to learn about it from the parents of an 18-year-old, Trista. Her parents have concluded that she most likely died from the COVID vaccine. She was not sick with COVID when she died. Her toxicology reports were clean. She died suddenly. She had a cardiac episode. Her heart was swollen. Doctors could do nothing for her. Her parents are trying to get her story out because they want more people to know that this is not rare. This is happening. It's happening in America. It's happening all over the world. And while it may not be happening in droves, it is happening. And isn't one death from the vaccine one death too many, just as one death from COVID was one too many? We're going to hear their story. It's tough, but it's important. That's next. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. Alan and Taylor Martin, thank you so much for joining me. I I simply can't imagine losing a child to anything at all. And I think before we start, Taylor, tell me about Trista and just what, what kind of kid she was. You raised her through age 18 and, you know, what was she like? She was a really good kid. She, um... She was funny. She was strong. She just really liked to be right in the middle of everything. She wanted to do everything, try everything. Um, she loved to hang out with her friends and she was really close with her siblings. Um, she was their biggest advocate and protector, even though she was one of the younger ones. Um, she was a hard worker. She had had her job. It was her first job. She had worked at it for a year and a half. She'd just been promoted to management. Um, she just graduated high school. She was looking forward to starting college in the spring. She, um, wanted to be a child psychologist and a social worker. She always just, everything she did, she wanted to help people. She, she took in, you know, every stray off the street, whether it was a person or an animal or, you know, she just wanted to, just wanted to help. She just really good. Alan, as I said, I can't imagine being a parent in this situation. How are the rest of the kids doing? How are her siblings doing? Better than you would, than you would expect. Um, I think her older sister, Maya, is probably the one having the most difficulty. Um, they were really, really close. They were really close. Best friends. Yeah, went yeah. to the gym together, did, you know, all, all kinds of everything together. And so I think she's having, but then uh, Noah, 
her little brother is um is is coping i think the best he can they were also close um they they were the they two both of them lived here in the house uh, still at home um he's 14 and uh she's she was, she was 18 yeah so that was yeah. just far enough to where it wasn't you know kind of a sibling rivalry type of relationship right. it was just it was just far enough apart where she wanted to take care of him and and she did she actually uh took one of her paychecks and, and bought him his own iphone yeah yeah oh yeah. is uh you know not something she most loved, older sisters would yeah, do she, loved <laughs> no. she bought him shoes new shoes she bought him all kind of stuff the money to walk down get a snack at the convenience store you know i mean she yeah she really took oh, care of um it, it, so taylor tell me a little bit about why you are certain her death was the result of the covid vaccine what makes you clear on that she was a perfectly healthy kid. She actually, which she did not tell us that she got the vaccine. She, she right. kept that from us, but um, she did tell us the day that she went to the doctor to get it. She had some blood work done and that's the only part that we got to hear about, but all of her blood work came back perfectly fine. Clear bill of health, absolutely <laughs> nothing wrong with her. And then three months later going to, you know, she, she woke up saying she couldn't breathe and her whole body hurt. And, you know, eight hours later she was gone. I mean, and just all of the, the research that we have done has been every, every single thing points to it. Every single thing that we have looked up. I know There's that. There's a oh, specific, sorry, there's a, a specific doctor, Dr. Kirk Mulholland, who, who gave some, I think it was congressional testimony talking about the, the damage uh, to the heart post-vax on a lot of young people specifically. And um, that video, along with uh, NIH.gov uh, studies that we've looked up talking up specifically about um, the, the different systems, multiple systems that the vaccine can adversely affect uh, the incidences of myocarditis uh, and vaccine-induced hyperglycemia. Um, the list is is pretty significant. And it got she got all of it. Yeah, and um, her Emmy's report uh, is still not done. It's not there. available to us. We when have do no... you think that's? What are they telling you? Why is it taking this long? And when do you yeah. think you'll get it? Giving us the runaround, kind of, and and we've really? called and asked some things and asked um, them to put do not destroy on all of our samples because we have some outside sources that would like to test some things, and they said they've never heard of that before. Yeah, but Emmy's office has never heard of a do not destroy order. I mean, I don't, I don't understand that, and they just give us phone number after phone number to call, and that phone number gives us another phone number to call, and. We're being told any, we're told like six months, it could take up to six months for it to, for all of the stuff to come back and. Uh, no explanation. Just yeah. That's how long it takes. You know, it's, it's, that's interesting to hear because very often autopsies do take some time, but very often they also can be done rather quickly. And I just wonder why, why would you think that you're getting the runaround? Do you think this is intentional I, I honestly, it may not be, it may just be that there's so many right now, this is happening all over that. And, you know, there's only, I'm sure a certain amount of labs that do certain testing. So they're, they're probably all backed up with all of the sudden deaths that are happening. Honestly, I don't, I, I don't want to assume maliciousness on, on the ME's office. I just think that they're probably overrun right now. Alan, wh why didn't you and Taylor want your kids to get vaccinated to begin with? We um, we didn't like the way that it was rolled out. The um, emergency use authorization, um, the fact that it was it wasn't your standard vaccine, it wasn't 
even really a vaccine, that it was new technology and and uh, just all going all the way back. Um, it, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel good. We, we were like, you know, there's no long term data on this. There's no uh, we don't know how this is going to every day you watch, you know, television and you see have you or a loved one, you know, the attorney commercials for the the lawsuits against all these things. So here we have this brand new technology. There's people coming out before it's even released talking about how this technology uh, killed all the animals they tested it on. And so there was conflicting information everywhere. So we figured, you know what, we're it's better safe to just wait. We'll yeah, just wait. there's no, no, no one. On our, we we're, were lucky to have a, a, a pretty healthy family. So no one, no one has any severe comorbidities or, I mean, I'm fat, but you know, I'm still relatively young. Um, I don't, you know, I, I didn't think there was any reason to get it. it they said that it affected old people and people with heart problems and people with yeah. comorbidities. We didn't fit any of that, especially our children. And, yeah. and am I correct in that you had, you had had COVID run through your house before so you you had some natural immunity exactly right and we tried to explain that as well yeah which i actually had the worst of it this was early 21 um i had the worst of it i was in bed for like a week he's Uh, the reason why all the rest of us tested because we weren't really we weren't really yeah. that sick. I mean, she had like a bothersome a cough. cough. Yeah. And she, we did the at-home tests and she tested positive. I tested positive. I don't think you ever did test positive, no. but we were sick at the same time. Right. Um, I just was having, you know, the problems breathing and, and the loss of taste and smell. Right. And all, all of the like, sort the, of the, the classic the, symptoms. Yeah. yeah. I had all of that. And um, only for about a week. Yeah. Only really, well, the taste didn't come back for a while, but but I think it's all back now. And what's weird is I kind of like things that I didn't like before. But other than that, <laughs> well, yeah. there's that. Um, Taylor, so you she she hid the fact from you that she got vaccinated. What is your understanding of why she chose to do that and not tell you? I honestly, just knowing her, I think that she didn't want to disappoint us. Right. I think that she knew that we were against it, but she, I'm sure. She, which we've heard from friends and stuff that she didn't want the hassle of going places and not being able to get in or, you know, concerts that she wanted to go to. She was going to start college. She didn't know she was going to have to have it for that. She just liked the fact they said of having that card with her. She could just show that. And it was like a get in right anywhere card, you know, and no hassle. She didn't have to take a test 24 hours beforehand and show them that every time she didn't have to do any of that. And she was young, you know, and they, she kept hearing, you know, do it for grandma and grandpa, you know, so that you can, you know, help them. And if, if there was something that was going to help somebody else, Trista was going to do it. Right. And I think she just didn't want to disappoint us and tell us honestly. And she probably didn't want to hear it from us that, that we were upset about it. Yeah. What I'm going to ask you next after this quick break is not going to be easy but I do want you to take us through the experience um, of what that day was like. And I, my hope is that others may understand what, what happens. So back in just a moment. I wish with all the things we have to worry about in life right now that the economy wasn't one of them, but it is. I mean, we're still experiencing inflation. We're still experiencing high prices at the grocery store, at the gas station, everywhere you go, and even shortages of stuff. I mean, it's weird. It's weird out there. And not only do you have to think about your day-to-day expenses, you've got to think about your long-term planning. It is so important to protect the money that you have earned already. So why not think about investing in gold and silver? And when I recommend investing in gold and silver, I only recommend one company, and that's Legacy Precious Metals. They can tell you about all your options for tucking away your money and protecting it. Gold provides a hedge against inflation. It protects a weakening dollar, and that's why gold prices are rising. The dollar is always going to devalue, but if you've got it invested in gold, it won't devalue. It will increase in value. 
So talk to Legacy Precious Metals. They can answer all your questions about how, where, how much, when, why to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com and you can also speak to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals. Here's the number, 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903, or download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com. So as I understand it, Trista was spending the night at a friend's house. And was was Maya with her also? Yes. Yeah. Okay. They had gone to stay the night at their friend's house. Um, stayed up watching movies, playing games, eating junk food, you know? Yeah. Um, the typical teenage sleepover. Yeah. Taking tons of selfies, which thank goodness that they did. We have pictures, you know? But You have pictures our, from that night. Yeah, we do. Oh. Which is that that has to be bittersweet. What is it like looking at those? <sighs> the thing is that she I mean she looks perfectly healthy in them. Happy, healthy, just herself, having fun. So it's it, they're hard to look at, but I'm also glad that we have them. Yeah. Yeah. So we what have, what happened? She camp. sorry, but we have a doorbell no. camp video. That's that's the last video that I have of her. We have alive. her leaving the house to go stay at her. And I, I watched it. I torture myself and watch it all the yeah. time. But she. What uh, goes through your mind when you when you watch that? We didn't even get to say goodbye. That it feels like she home. could turn around and come back in the door at any moment. We don't. It's yeah. hard to believe that she's gone. Yeah. It really is. I. I. I this is every. Parents' worst nightmare, as as cliche as that is to say, it's it's cliche for oh, a reason. It is it every parent's is. worst nightmare. So she yeah. wakes up the next morning. She's at the she friend's house. She's there with Maya, and she's not feeling well. What what was what was going on that morning? She woke up pretty early, which was something weird. Anyway, you know, they woke up at like eight o'clock in the morning, and she said, "You know, I'm having a hard time breathing." She's like, I hurt everywhere. My whole body hurts. And she said, I'm going to go lay back down and see if I can feel better. She was, she was a tough girl. She wasn't really a complainer. So you weren't going to know most of the time if something was wrong with her. But so she went and laid back down and Maya went to go check on her. She said it couldn't have been more than 10 minutes and she couldn't get her to wake up. And, uh, so they, they called me. And I raced over there, uh, probably took, uh, I mean, no more than three minutes to get over there. And I found that she was not breathing, couldn't find a pulse, had to start CPR, um, which is another thing a parent never wants to do to their child. It is, that will be with me forever. Um, oh. uh, do, you mean the, 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 the memory of that, that experience yeah. is... Oh yeah. Just the, um, yeah. Having to try and breathe the life back into your child. Um, uh, the ambulance got there and they had to work on her for quite a while. Um, and at this her- point, Taylor, I'm sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. you. What are you thinking is the cause of this at this moment? I mean, here you have a perfectly healthy 18 year old girl. Absolutely. And acid. No what are you idea. thinking? No idea. Because at this point, you did not know that she had taken the no. vaccine, correct? No, we did not. We were, I, it was just, it was pure and utter shock and just, how is this happening? What is going on? You know, I, there, there was no reasoning in my head that was making any sense. Because, like I said, she was perfectly healthy the day before. Just perfectly fine. And how oh, they... They ended up finally getting her heart going again and got her in the ambulance, got her to the hospital. Um, they told us that her heart stopped several times in the ambulance. And then, um, then a doctor comes in and tells you that, um, in situations like this, they only give about a 1% chance. And we just looked at him and thought, 
what on earth are you saying to us right now? You know, what do you mean? 1% chance and situations like what, what is going yeah, that's, on? That's, that was my question. What yeah. did they explain what they meant by that? No, he did not know. He just meant from the things that he was seeing that was going on with her. Um, the fact that her heart, they're having a hard time keeping her heart going. Uh, she, they were keeping her alive. She was not breathing on her own. Um, they were pumping her full of all kinds of fluids and nothing was coming out. She was in kidney failure. Uh, her blood glucose was at 610. And what's normal. I don't know. Uh, it's like, I think a hundred or something yeah, like that. It's, I think when you get to like 120 or something, I don't, I'm not diabetic. None of us are diabetic. Right. Um, but, and she was not diabetic. And like I said, she had just had blood work done a few right. months before and everything was fine. They could not figure out what was going on. Um, the hospital really did great. I really think that they did everything that they possibly could. They called in people who weren't working at every head of every department down in that ER trying to find out. And what Alan, was going by the time that you showed up and I can't, I can't begin to imagine your drive to the hospital and what's going through your head. Um, you get there and this is all sort of, you know, Taylor's been with her. This is all sort of news to you. What are you thinking is happening at this point? <clears throat> I didn't know. Um, it wasn't what, what, it, what ended up being was not what I thought. I, she said, I got the phone call because I was I was in the shower and um and I had missed several calls from Taylor and um but as I got out uh it was ringing again and it was it was Taylor and she said Alan it's Trista they're putting her in an ambulance uh, get to the hospital St Francis it's it's serious so I'm like okay and that's and all hate, you know at this point that's and so all I know. yeah okay and so when I get to the hospital um. I was thinking car wreck. I was thinking a slip and fall. I was thinking, I don't know what I was thinking, but it wasn't this. Yeah. And I knew the seriousness of it when I got to the hospital because the, they didn't make me sign in. They didn't, um, they didn't make me put on a mask they didn't, it was just, she, she asked me if, are you dad? And I said, yeah, I'm dad. Um, and she escorted me back. And that's when I saw, that's when I saw Trista um, with the, all the doctors, 50 plus doctors around her. And uh, Taylor was there uh, right beside her. And um, that's when I knew that uh, I didn't have a good feeling. That was when I saw Trista's face for the first time, and it was not Trista's face. I mean, it was Trista's face, but it was no, there was no life in it. There was no joy in it. There was no, it didn't look like her. Um, Trista was always smiling, always bright and shiny, and none of that was there. And, um, they asked, uh, um, like she said, all the doctors to come down. We just tried to kind of stay there, but stay out of the way. Um, at the same time, be there for Trista, but not be in, in the way. And um, I, I couldn't leave the room. There was no way I, I was leaving her there by herself. I mean, it was just. No, I, and I, I went through yeah. feeling like I was in the way. Yeah. Versus not wanting to leave. And so I didn't really know what to do. And we, we, other family members were starting to show up at this point and they were all down the hall in the waiting room. So, um, after the doctor came in and said, you know, um, in situations like this, you know, she has about a 1% chance. That's exactly what I said. I said, in situations like what, Yeah. what is this? Yeah. He says, well, um, we don't really know. All we know is that she had her heart is swollen. Her organs are failing. Uh, her, her, we have been able to get her heart 
to at least stay beating, but it's very weak and her blood pressure is very low. And so, and I'm, it's still not really triggering with me that my little girl is dying. And so I start thinking about, you know, I, I know the facts. I know that her heart has stopped several times. I know that she went a while without breathing. So my first thought was, you know, brain damage. Is she going to be, you know, I'm thinking this is going to get better. This is going to be fine. She's going to survive. She's in the hospital. You know, is she going to have to learn to walk again? Is she going to have to, you know, right. do speech therapy? I mean, you know, because you hear all of these stories and you you watch movies and you, everything else and you you see this kind of stuff. And he says, we're not even there yet. We're not there yet. We're trying to keep her her body alive at this point. And that's when uh that's when it I think really hit me that this was really bad. They um they wanted when? to put her on dialysis. And okay. they said she was just too weak and it, it would kill her faster at the moment. And so they were trying to get her more stable. Um which they did and moved her up to the ICU. And that's when everything started going, going down. She, she didn't take the move well. And that's when, uh, you get the worst that <laughs> it's not bad enough yet. Um, when they come to you and say, okay, we're gonna have to make some decisions. Okay. Um, do if, if she crashes again and we have to do CPR, that the CPR is going to kill her. Um, do, do you want us to just make her comfortable and let her pass? Or do you want us to continue with the medications and see if we can get her more stable and do dialysis and you know, all of that. And, but if she crashes again to just make her comfortable and let her go, and I mean, what a thing to have to do uh, I, to decide. Uh, um, and we obviously, it, I mean, we told them, you know, keep doing all that you can. We're not, we're not letting go of her, yeah, you know, we're not giving yeah. up on her. Keep doing everything that you can. But yeah, if, if, if she crashes again, I mean, we, we don't want to harm her anymore. So... I, I I honestly don't know how you're sitting upright. I don't. It's just purely, it's for her. Yeah. And you're bringing awareness to something that in a profound way. We have when to. Did you, when did you find out and how did you find out that she had taken the vaccine? She had hidden it from you. You didn't want your family to do it. She felt like it might give her access to things she otherwise wouldn't have access to, you know, college admissions, all these things that they were telling all of us that we had to be vaccinated for uh, going to restaurants and concerts, as you mentioned. So how did you discover after all of this that well, it was actually, she had in fact had the vaccine? It was actually in the hospital. One of her friends said, I, I think I need to tell you that she, she got the COVID vaccine and she told us all not to tell you. She said, but I, I think it might be, you know, might be information you need to have right now. So that was the first time we heard and it didn't. Did it make, what kind of an impact did that have on your mindset right then? Did you, I mean, did you think, no, that, that's impossible. It can't possibly, it's safe and effective. It can't possibly be yeah, responsible that's kind for of Oh, we didn't, we hadn't really heard so much, you know, because of all the, all the media blocking and all the everything of bad things happening. We just knew that, you know, we didn't think she should have taken it, but she had. And so that was done. And we didn't really think right away that that's what caused it. This, this is the kind yeah. of stuff that happens to other people. Yeah. This is, these are the stories you hear about on podcasts and shows and, you know, news stations and stuff. And you think how awful for them. Yeah. You know, it's a I horrible thing that they're that. having to go through. And so you never expect that, you know, this is going to be your story. This is going to be your daughter's end of life story, that this is going to be real. 
So when they said that, you know, this, the, she had just had the vaccine a couple of months before, we didn't really kind of make the correlation at that moment. We didn't, it just kind of was like, okay, well. We need to go back and be with our daughter now. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it just wasn't. In, in this, in that moment, I'm sure it, 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 it was sort of like, okay, thank you for that information. Let's go yeah. be with Trista. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when, what triggered in you that this might have something to do with it? And did you, you know, whom did you pass that information along to? You know, how did it evolve from this tragic, unexpected moment of horror and pain to, you know, it it might be the vaccine? After, um, after her memorial, after um, the service. I really started thinking about the symptoms that she had and the things that had happened and just how on earth could this have happened? And really kind of unknowing to each other. I think we both kind of just, just started, started researching. Yeah, we just started, you know, looking at the, the separate things that, that they said were happening to her at the time. And we both came to the same conclusion. Stuff just started popping up. Yeah. She, but, she came, she actually came to me. I had already found a, um, uh, one of the NIH studies, NIH.gov study, studies about um, VIHG, vaccine-induced hyperglycemia. I'd read several things about the myocarditis, um, and she had found several studies and, and things that she had written. And so we both kind of came together. It was about a week later, and she said, I think the vaccine killed her. And um, so we did research together. And we talked to other uh, doctors. We talked to other people. Um, we we met um, some other people who've also lost their children to this. Um, all based all on Twitter, um, because Twitter is the only place where we could even make that claim. You can't you can't talk about this anywhere else. No. Yeah, you you can't tell truth on Facebook. They they've admitted to blocking truthful things just because they went against it. So. It, yeah, you, you can't even speak about it there. I mean, when, when so you, you did find people, when you, I'm sorry to interrupt, when you did find people who had gone mm-hmm. through similar circumstances, yes. Oh, yes. What, what, what did you, did you get in touch by phone? How did you start connecting and, and, and what, how did the experiences compare? Twitter um, and the Twitter, we actually, I think we hopped in one of the Twitter spaces done by a uh, vaccine injured people yep. and uh, Martha. Yeah. Martha, Martha. silence yes. is her name on Twitter, but she, um, she held a space and, and we hopped in there just to kind of listen. And we heard um, Dan Hartman, who is Sean's father, Sean uh, passed away and we heard him telling what had happened to his son and it was, you know, things were just like the, the same, you know, the, all these things were the same. And then we started hearing from other people who had lost their children. Um, Maddie, we, Maddie DeGarry. Um, she didn't, but thankfully she didn't lose her daughter, but no, she she's didn't. severely vaccine injured. Maddie, Maddie is the daughter. Stephanie yeah, is the Stephanie mother. Is but, the mother. Uh, okay. She was in the, the original Pfizer trial for, for children and um you know stephanie thought she was doing what's best for her kid you know take get my kid take care of first and pfizer uh pfizer abandoned them has not covered any of their medical expenses uh she now has to eat out of a feeding tube she cannot walk she's in a wheelchair um pfizer removed her from the study and all that they listed as what was wrong with her was um stomach pains stomach ache yeah. and so <laughs> Yeah, and we've so heard a lot of these and, stories. Yeah. I mean, they're nightmarish, they're and of course, I, I think the problem is is that you know there are plenty of people willing to step forward and say, "Yeah, my whole family got vaccinated. We're all fine." Well, yeah. you know what? Most people who got COVID were all fine, mm-hmm. and then there were the people that that died, and we're not accepting any of those deaths. We're, yeah. We don't want any of those, and we're certainly willing to say COVID killed these people. Well, I think the same should apply to this vaccine. If the issue I think is going to be 
who is going to have enough information or have the right lawsuit? And I know they're out there. So what are your next steps? You, do you have to wait for all of this autopsy result before you can pursue anything legally or what, what will you do? I mean, that, that makes the most sense in the eye of the law, you know, you know, there's a lot of, all of the, yeah, because, the there, but, because of the, um, the immunity that they have, yes. there's a lot of, there's a lot of legal steps that have to, that have to happen before uh, anything can be done. First and foremost, we want them to, to acknowledge that it's, it's real, not rare. Um, they, if you look at the, the, their actual findings and the data that's coming out now, um, it does not meet what the FDA and the CDC currently categorize as rare. Um, it actually, the numbers are more towards the common side than rare. And, and believe it or not, rare is a, an actual medical term. It is a scientific medical term that they assign numbers to. And the numbers do not match their statement that this is a rare thing. Uh, so the first thing we have to do is to get them to acknowledge the fact that this is not rare and to be more uh, truthful and, and transparent with the, the world uh, to, to, that there are serious consequences for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, informed consent. Um, make sure that, you know, because right now with them lying, basically, and saying that this is a rare occurrence when it is not rare. Um, is in, is not informed consent. So um, right. Stephanie DeGary and Maddie's story proves that uh, Pfizer committed fraud, uh, as well as many other uh, instances. Um, so if we can get them to acknowledge that it's it's not rare, um, prove, and prove, pr the fraud. prove the fraud, then we can eliminate the immunity. Uh, but we have to go through all those legal steps and that's going to take time. But right now, the best thing that we think that we can do is to get, get, thank you for having us on and, and to get as many podcasts, radio shows, televisions, congressional speeches, anything we can do anywhere we can go to say Trista's story and explain that this is not rare. This happens. This is, we were just a regular family i midwestern, midwestern. We, we live in oklahoma, oklahoma. Yeah. We're, we're not we're not fake we're we're a real people and trista was a real beautiful girl and the world is a much darker place now that she's gone and if if we can stop this for just one young person if you're 25 years old or lower there is no reason to get this shot none it doesn't matter if you've had covid before or not if you are 25 and otherwise healthy, there's no statistical information that it's going to help you in one hundred thousandth of a percent. It doesn't stop the spread. They've it, come out and said that finally. I mean, COVID you know, is so, going to be but, a cold for you. It, 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 statistically speaking, COVID is going to be a cold. The vaccine is much more. I just, yeah, I just got over COVID as, as um, coincidence would have it. And that's what it was. It was a head cold. You can sort of yeah. hear, still hear, I have these remnants of sniffles, but it, that's what it was. Now, I understand that we've lost a lot of people, but if oh, yeah. you look yeah. at it, they were never, when we say they, we're talking about, you know, the CDC, the NIH, right. Dr. Fauci. They put the fear of God in everyone. And yeah. really, there was a very small population of people that needed to be protected. Yeah. And it, clearly they put fear in Trista, or at least they put enough peer pressure on her that she yeah. felt she had to get this vaccine. And a lot of people have done that. And it, it it's incredibly frustrating. Um, and, and you're right. It, it, we have all collectively, I think, lost so much faith in these people who told us you can't spread COVID if you get vaccinated. You can't even catch COVID if you get vaccinated. None of that was true. They yeah. need to acknowledge it. They need to own up to mistakes were made in the heat of a pandemic. Now, what do we do about it? And to be and curious about it. stories yeah. like Trista's, yeah. you know, They're to be curious things. and say, my gosh, is, is this, could this actually happen? Yeah, they're, they're trying to, you know, they have now uh, six months and older, six months and older. 
because six months when, child does not when the when the when the virus yet. itself has a less than a one percent mortality rate and then when you factor in the fact that people under the age of 25 it's it's a hundredth of that 99.99 percent survival rate with healthy people below the age of 25 what justification as the cdc as the fda as the world health organization what justification can you give for forcing or or mandating or even asking young people and children to get this vaccine they've they've added it to the vaccine this they're trying i think to add it to the schedule yeah. And now they're giving it in combo shots with flu shots. And, yeah. and we're already seeing stories of toddlers dying. This is insane. It, it's the, the pressure campaign has been awful. And I completely agree with you there. Uh, we're done with shots in this house. Unfortunately, we, you know, did the first go around and we're done. I, I will say this as well. Again, this is just, a, this is just, our little family situation here, family of four, both my husband and I got COVID. It didn't touch our kids. They've been living right. in the same house with us. Uh, it didn't touch them. So, I, I, you know, it's kids are different. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, the idea of, of giving a six-month-old this vaccine absolutely mm-hmm. seems insane to me. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it just does. We just don't – we don't have enough. Uh, I, I – I hope I'm going to stay in touch with you two um, because I'd like to know how this, how this goes. And I'm so glad that you've been able to get in touch with people who've been through it. We have had a number of vaccine injured on this podcast because we believe you and we feel like something's wrong out there and it needs to be exposed and it needs to, there needs to be curiosity about this, not just, oh, couldn't possibly be. Oh, no, no, no. We, you know, we gave this to everyone. We're all fine here. It just can't, it can't be that way. Um, That's not how science works. Yeah. 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 You know, as a scientist, wouldn't you want to know Trista's story? Right. Wouldn't you want to explore what happened? Yeah. That's what science is. They keep saying trust the science, but science is questioning. Science yes, is question exactly. after question and test exactly. after test. It's not exactly. just, this is fact, trust it. Now stop doing science. You know, that's not how it works. I encourage you both to keep speaking out, no matter how many people try to, to poo-poo you, to say, uh, you know, this is misinformation. Keep speaking out. Tell people this story. We're we're honored to share it. I, I'm, I'm so grateful for your honesty and your your willingness to be vulnerable with us and to tell Trista's story and to let us know who she was. And, and I just, I, I, I sign off with you here knowing your lives are never going to be the same. And, and I, I just, I send you this sort of embrace from here and know that there are people who, who care deeply and stay in touch with them and however we can help, you stay in touch with me. Thank you. Thank you for allowing us to do this. Yeah. Oh, Trista would be upset with us if we didn't speak out. So, you know, she would want to help all the other children. That's why we're doing it. Justice for Trista. Um, hang in there, you two, and we'll be in touch. This has been Sideline Sanity. Just remember what I always say. Be brave as Trista's parents are being and do good as they are doing by getting her story out there. And we'll see you next time on Sidelines. Always a good day when Charles Thorngren of Legacy Precious Metals can join us and answer some really different questions. And I thought of a few new ones for you, Charles, if that's okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated and we hear so much about gold and silver and, and precious metals. So if I could just ask this broad question, what is the role of gold mm. in a portfolio? Great question. And when we look at that, the answer to that is, has a couple of different features to it. It depends on the individual, but its main purpose is the insurance policy for your finances. 
it is meant to be the foundation by which you do all other things, right? We know that gold and silver um, have an inverse relationship to the dollar. Um, it protects your purchasing power. So when we invest, that's what we're saying. We want to make sure that we have the ability to manage our money and have our money do what we need it to do for us. It's not the collection of dollars for dollar's sake, but for what it does for us, how we pay our bills, how we retire, how we feed our family, how we uh, go on and bless others and, and donate to causes we believe in. That's what money does for us. It's not the dollar itself. It's the thing it provides for us. And what gold does is make sure that that money continues to have purchasing value. Because there are times we find that, hey, my money doesn't have the same purchasing Absolutely. value it had last month. Absolutely. And this is a unique time. We're seeing it. I, I This term called hyperinflation, which usually refers to, you know, inflation in the 18s and 20 percent. I consider this a time of hyperinflation because it's so much more than what we're normally used to, right? When we prepare and we budget and we say, this is the course of my life and this is how I'm going to do things, this is where I'm going to put my money, we use some basic numbers, 2 to 3% inflation. That's what the Fed says is good. But that's not even great. Over a lifetime, that's a lot of inflationary loss to your dollar. But when you have a period where it jumps to the points where we're at now, and we're in the eight and a half, nine is going to be into the double digits soon. In this shorter time frame, that's a hyperinflation situation to me because it throws everything off dynamically and so, so radically. You do, you do see us going into double digits, huh? Absolutely. Oh. The Fed even sees us going into double digits. You know, there was a, an interesting report where one of the, the Fed chairmen were saying, 2023, we're not going to talk about that. But in 2024, by summer, we may be able to start to drop the interest rates. When someone tells me they're in charge of something, but they say this new year that's coming, just forget about that completely. We're not even going to talk about that. That's a bad sign. <laughs> they don't want you to think about it. Exactly. They, don't, they want you to look past it and sort of ride it, write it off right now. Just don't even think yeah. about it. It's going to be bad. But hey, 2024, though, you know. And interestingly enough, right around the time of an election, they want to start talking about what they're going to do. Isn't that fascinating? That timing is just really interesting. Before I we finish up here, I, I'm always fascinated with how gold is priced. How, how do we get a price of gold? You know, the spot price of gold is really determined by the world market. The London Bullion Exchange, right? And this has been for hundreds of years now. Um, sets a price and the rest of the world revolves around that. Now our currency will determine how much more than it is in the pounds and things like that. And there's a calculation for it, but that's one of the great things about gold and silver. Their value is recognized around the world, no matter what currency, what country you're in, it has value. Uh, I just recently come back from a trip where I was overseas not that long ago. And I bring gold with me everywhere I go. Um, not a lot, so don't try to catch me in the airport. Um, <laughs> but I have something that is valuable no matter where I'm at. I can go anywhere in any country and turn that into its currency in no time at all. You're talking about carrying around physical gold? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Do you, do you, do you How walk much around is with safe dollars? to carry around if you're – well – no, you're right. Uh, so if and and that gold is going to have the same uh, value across the board, no matter no matter where I go, slight right? Because very slight deviations, yeah. but it's not very large. Okay. You know, usually less than one yeah. percent difference in the price. This is really interesting. I, I can't let you go before I ask you this because I'm picturing you now walking around with some <laughs> you know, gold coins in your pocket. I'm thinking, wow, that would feel risky but when you go into another country for instance with some gold how easy is it for you to go say here i want to exchange this for or you know i'm assuming you're not going to a restaurant and slapping down a gold no. bullion or something no. but you could overseas in certain places of the world they recognize that just like regular currency wow but i wouldn't use but, gold but it's minute. easy to ch exchange once you get to another country yeah. just very easy most of the time you can do it at the airport same places where they change currency a lot of them will change uh, metals too and is physical bullion the, the, the best way to go? It is. It really is. When you're traveling or always in any investment in gold? Uh, 
you know, there's certain things you can do outside of just bullion that may make sense once you've laid a portfolio down, right? Um, diversity in metals is important too, but your basis for all investments should be your basic bullion, whether it's gold or silver. You want to have that foundation set in the base metal itself, giving you the most value that you can get. And obviously every person's situation is unique. So why not just call and speak to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals, 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903. Or they can always download your free investor's guide, right? It's true. at LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Do you have any gold on you right now? I do. Give me half a second. I got to see this. I just want to see. I mean, I, it's, it seems like almost like in the old days when you walk around with that, you know, Mr. Scrooge and his gold coins in his pocket. Not that you're. Can you sort of turn it around and show us that? That's now for our listeners. They're not going to be able to, to, just to see what we're seeing, but you've got a little container and they're just, they're kind of the size of half dollars, right? Yeah. Just about half dollars. And this is, this is the American gold Eagle. And this is a, $22,000 worth of metal. Yikes. Charles isn't messing around <laughs> and neither are we, but please go get your questions answered. This is such an important time to be thinking about your money, your long-term play in addition to every short-term concern that you have. Charles, always good to talk to you. Thank you so My much. My pleasure. And you know what? 2023 is coming. Call now, find out <laughs> so you can make your decisions for, before then. Yes. And before the elections again, yes. and they can, Tell us what they're going to tell us then. They're, they're telling you to overlook 2023. That means you now's the time to inquire. Absolutely. Again, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Charles Thorngren, always good to see you. Thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.